And we're back with another episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. Uh, delighted to be here. Uh, episode 15, I believe we're up to uh, Penny. How are you? How's San Diego? Uh, San Diego is sunny and uh, mugginess is starting to break, thank goodness. How about you? And yeah, not too bad. Lovely day here. So it's, it's sort of winter is, well, Australian winter is uh, it's a bit of a loose term, but um, the, the the chill in the air is starting to subside, and and I think spring is just around the corner. So um, looking forward to it. Good, good. You, I'm sure yours is going to be a very eventful spring. Yes, yeah, yeah. The bub's on the way. Um, all, all nothing, no movement at the station yet. So that's uh, that's good news. Um, but yeah, very excited for the for the coming uh, coming couple of months. But yeah. um, strategy in the virtual controller, folks. Our website's satvc.co. It's rolling off the tongue now. Um, it was a little bit of a mouthful before, but satvc.co. Uh, you can catch up on all the previous episodes. You can see any links in there of of either books or articles that we've discussed throughout the the, the previous podcasts. Um, and then also uh, just a, a, a favor, if if I can ask, if you've liked what you've listened to jump onto your favorite podcasting platform write a review for us give us a couple of stars well more than a couple of stars i hope and um and hopefully we can get the the good word about strategy and the virtual controller out um but moving on to today's episode and uh we 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 do have a somewhat of a robust planning methodology to our podcast uh topics but we're going to go a little bit off script today because i got an email from penny <laughs> during the week and um my guess is Penny, it was either written later in the day or early in the morning. It looked like you had a, a full head of steam on you in in terms of um, either just off the off off the phone with a, a potential client or a prospective client. I, I, I don't know, but let me just read the the first couple of sentences and and then we'll launch into things. Uh, so this was from Penny. In the last twenty four hours, I've had two conversations with accounting firms that are overwhelmed with work and cannot hire another accountant. But the work that is bogging them down is because they do not have the data and cannot control when it comes in, and they're constantly begging their clients for the info. Both have said they have a great workplace. Both have also said that when they train a new person, as soon as the training is done, they soon leave. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) So, Penny, <laughs> two, two in the same day, overwhelmed with work and cannot hire another accountant. Uh, Penny, we've heard that, certainly I've, I've heard that as long as I've known you. I'm hearing it almost every day now. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, the, the AICPA studies and all that type of stuff, it's always in the top three. The position changes. Um, and it, it's, it's really funny, though, because... The accountants are saying that they can't hire good people, keep good people, but the AICPA is saying that more people than ever before have gone through, are graduating from accounting programs and all that type of stuff. Where are these people and and, and what's going on? What are you seeing, Penny? Well, I see a lot of them starting their own businesses. Um, and, and it's relatively easy to do. Uh, if you want to get a foot in the door with bookkeeping and accounting, I mean, you know, you're going to do audits, you're going to do tax returns. It might be a little bit tougher to just get out of college and go out on your own. But um, these, in these cases, these accountants, they, although they do both do taxes, um, they really uh, need the data. They need the original. They need the stuff clean. They need 
the stuff prepped for them to do the uh, tax return and whether they're doing an individual or they're doing a, a small business. Um, they need the information in front of them in an orderly way to produce the tax return. And um, that's fine. But also both of these firms, and one's like on the East Coast and the other one is out in the Pacific. <laughs> so it's on the Pacific Coast. But um, same size firms, same number of employees, same type of clients. And both of them within 24 hours had said that they had hired somebody and that person didn't work out. Why didn't they work out? Well, I thought they were doing a good job. And then uh, they up and left. And when they left, they took some clients. And after I trained them, and this is a good place to work. And both of them said that. And I'm going, but everybody that works for you is stressed. What makes that a good place to work? Uh, you're stressed. Yeah, and I, I think. What makes that a good place to work? And yeah, and, you're stressed, and you, the, the rest of the team's stressed. Yeah, and then you, they both of them outsourced to us, and they one of them micromanaged me on one hour of time. Now, based on the rate, so they're micromanaging you, their supplier. <laughs> yeah, right. They're micromanaging me, and I'm thinking, well, if you have time to micromanage <laughs> me for one hour of my team's time, which you pay eleven dollars and seventy five cents for. And they did not book that last damn hour of the month. So they wanted a discount. <laughs> I'll, like, I'll give you the flipping eleven dollar discount. But if you have time to make that call, <laughs> you know, really, who are you really upset with? Um, I don't think it's me. So you know, it's kind of like I I, I talked to them both about you know training. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote to you the story of the of the operating room. I have three sisters who are in the medical field, so maybe that's why I, I, I kid towards that. But, um, you know, I have a sister who's a nurse anesthetist. And when she goes in the OR, and she worked ORs all the time, the anesthesiologist went in and put the client under, the, the patient under. Her job was then to go into the OR room and monitor. The anesthesiologist had moved on to the next operating room to put the next patient under. While she was, my sister was in the room as the anesthesiologist, she was making sure that the patient was staying stable because she needed to watch all their vitals. Then came in the OR scrub nurses. They were setting up the trays. They had all of the tools in place, everything organized the way it should be. And then in walks the star of the show, the surgeon, right? <laughs> the surgeon comes in. And the surgeon does their thing. And the surgeon doesn't even sew you up. Because I remember I had surgery and I was sewing my to Joe. Is this what my scar supposed to look like? She goes, oh. She goes, that must have been a new student sewing you up. They missed. They missed <laughs> That's going to be a hell of a scar. And I went, geez, thanks. She goes, you know, the surgeon doesn't sew you up. Somebody else is doing it. As soon as the surgeon's done, they walk out. They're going to the next room. So if you are the accountant doing the tax return, and you've got all these people working for you, excuse me, you should have it set up so that when it gets in front of you, it's ready to go. So you can do what you are getting paid for, which is use your high level tax brain that knows all of this intricate US tax code. That's a nightmare for anybody else to take care of. You can do this. 
So you have to have the, uh, the team around you that does it. And everybody always says, I got to hire another bookkeeper. I got to hire another account. And I know that we've had this discussion on this podcast before. I know we have. Well, I, I think what happens. What you're asking people to do is not rocket science. Getting the documentation lined up, allocating some transactions. It's not rocket science. You don't need a highly paid, long-term trained bookkeeper and accountant to do that work. I, I talked to one of them. I said, for crying out loud, I've done that work for you, and I'm not a bookkeeper, and I'm not an accountant. Do you really need to hire somebody who's an accountant, who's a bookkeeper, who's done four years of accounting school? Do you really need that level of person with technology in place? Do you? And then one of them, he goes, he goes like this. He goes, huh, that's a good idea. I could go over to the community college. I've hired interns before. He goes, but then do you think I could teach them to do some accounting? And I wanted to go through the phone and slap him. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, do not teach them to do accounting. That's not what you hired them for. You hired them to be your Teach client. them to do customer service. Teach them yes. to be client service. Teach He's them to teach service. them to delight the client. Exactly. Make them happy. Don't give them yeah. your stress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a really good point, actually. Do you think I could teach them to do bookkeeping? No, because you've got bookkeepers, you've got accountants. Teach them to teach them to market your firm. Well, maybe maybe you don't teach them, but have them learn how to market. Have them learn how to put systems and processes in place. There's a let, whole host of let them learn the apps. Yeah, send them um, QuickBooks Connect. Send them to ZeroCon. Let them do the virtual conferences. Let them learn the apps. Let them learn what they need to do to get your clients to use the apps that you just paid a lot of money to put in place. There's another guy out here in California, and I, you and I were just talking about him. I had told him to use a particular app for something, and he came back a month later. He goes, I'm still struggling to get my clients on these apps. And having worked with the guy for one month, I can see why. because. He is so an accountant. I mean, unbelievably. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, you remember, I don't know if you did this in school, but when I was in school in fifth grade, you had to learn how to deconstruct a sentence. You know, you had this diagram that you laid yep. out. Is your pronouns, nouns, uh, adjectives, you know. Past participles. <laughs> everything. And he, he, he's like that with every single, every single line I send him and Slack, well, have you looked at it this way? He will go into a diatribe and go, when do, when do you ever get around to doing work? Just fishing cut bait. <laughs> I was um, I was, I was working with a, a company that's got an app and they're trying to develop their accountant's channel and um, they've, they've recorded some of their sales calls with, or with everyone's permission and whatnot. But I was listening to, to one of them and, and the – it, it's a um, it's a property management app, and basically the, the 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 companies said to the accountant, they said, "Do you have any clients that this would work for that would be interested in something like this?" Oh, absolutely, I can think of a few. And then we the the, the sales process moved to so um, how do you talk to your clients about apps like these? Um, and the accountant, I, I nearly fell off my chair. The accountant blew them. Um, basically said. Well, we have a newsletter and I thought, great, they've got a newsletter that goes out twice a year. And I thought, oh, oh my no. God. 
um, and it goes what it goes out before tax season, and it's three pages long with all the tax legislation, and it goes out at the end of tax season <laughs> to say thanks very much for tax season. Um, and and I thought, oh, that sounds miserable. <laughs> that um, could you imagine being the client getting two emails, two newsletters from your accountant uh, each year, and that, that wouldn't be the one. Client. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So it was, it was, it, it just sort of blew me away. And and then then I listened to another call, and and it's yeah, we've we've got a newsletter, we've got a blog, and there's always a technology update in that newsletter, and we love to just to put new apps in front of our our clients, and not all of them stick, but our clients see us as bringing new ideas to the table, and 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 they're calling us, um, asking for for our advice because we're we're just we're trying to think about. Could this help our clients? Um, would this work? Would they be interested in it? And no skin off our nose, uh, but there was just sort of listening to those two phone calls. Um, this well, we, we've got a newsletter which we send twice a year, and it's just such an accountant focus. There's such an accountant way of thinking at it. And the one newsletter, what does it have? Well, all the tax updates. And uh, I was like, oh yeah. yeah. As you said, I probably wouldn't be a client for too long. Because I, I, I wouldn't read it. I wouldn't read. I mean. I'm glad you know the tax updates. I don't particularly want to know what they are. Um, yeah. But think but about, also, think about this. Yeah. Think about if you've got a client services person and they handle the onboarding of the client. They call the client when something is not there that is needed. It should not be your bookkeeper or the accountant or the account manager. It should be that person. Or you. <laughs> oh, you never you. God, you do that. You just you know you just downplayed yourself so badly. You just you just put yourself in such a yucky place. But if they know the apps, if somebody comes into the office, they can just pull up their phone and go, look at what you can do. Here, hit just go ahead, just download it. Oh, yeah, okay, now log okay, log it. Wow, look at that. We got it right here. Would you do that more often? Up and running before you even leave the office, yeah. And if you're yep. not coming to the office, I do Zoom. I do it on Zoom. And sometimes yep. when the client's not available for a Zoom call, you know what I do? I create a loom, L-O-O-M. Or yeah. there's so many other ways. Sometimes it's just, here's a screenshot. Oh, you didn't know where to click? Here's a screenshot. This is where you were supposed to click. I can get that tomorrow, right? Boom, done. I mean- there's so many quick, easy ways to communicate with them. But you are bogged down in doing the accounting. And, I, and the only reason I say bogged down is because you're sitting here worrying about all that other stuff, about where is it? When is it going to get here? When's the client going to get here? Get it to us. And you never get around to getting it from them. So you just sit there and you worry about that. And you get back to what you're comfortable with because you're human. And that's what we do as humans. We go where we're comfortable. So you go back to doing the accounting for somebody who did give it to you. But take that off your plate and please, please consider this. You can hire somebody like me that's not an accountant, that's not a bookkeeper, and they can be in their 20s. They can be in their 30s. They can be in their 60s like me, semi-retired, just want a little, and they're good with people. And they can do a screenshot, they can do a loom, they can do a Zoom, and they know how to run a flipping phone. They're not a flip phone. I'm talking a smartphone. <laughs> smartphone. <laughs> the old razor. Um, and, but I think also, um, let's go back to this this idea. I've got a great. I've got a great workplace. 
Um, what? Whose idea is it a great workplace? Yours or theirs? <laughs> and and I, I've spoken to a lot of accountants that have started their own business, and they've done it because they were working in a firm and essentially the first day that they started, they got, here's the bathroom, here's the kitchen, and here's a big box of paper to work your, work your way through and, and here's last year's file. And the, this whole idea of same as last year, um, Sally, it, it's, it, it, it sort of um, pervades the entire firm from both the training to also how to get up to speed on a client file to, to the actual feeling of the office of this Groundhog Day of it's just the same as last year. Nothing's changing. Nothing's, we're not doing anything different. I think for, for a lot of accountants, they might be earning good money. So why change something that's not working? But uh, th- this idea that I've got a good workplace, why are people leaving? I think you've got to take a, a strong, a, a long, hard look at yourself and and do that review. And and what does your what's your front office look like? What's your your shop front look like? And Penny, you shared that story a couple of episodes ago when you walked in and you were like, "God, I I, I wouldn't want to show up here each day." No, no. Look, the, the waiting room for um, I'm going to be pejorative here, like an assisted living center. Hmm. I happen to have visited quite a few of them lately, helping right. so, so and, top and, of mind. and everyone I walked into, except one that was just brand new, looked just like an accounting office that I would have walked into. There was a reception desk, there was a copy machine, there was a phone bank, and there was a, a lady sitting behind the desk, and there was stacks of paper. And, you know, one of the, th- if I sort of, um, you went with, um, assisted living, I'm going to sort of go in a different angle. Um, we, my wife and I, we, we recently bought a house, um, and real estate agents, their shop fronts have changed dramatically. Oh, remember wow. back in the debt? Well, certainly what I remember of, of real estate agents before, as I was dreaming of buying a house, um, it was these pretty drab again. Yeah. Coffee machine, front desk, and then just a whole host of pictures of, of what's for sale and what's not for sale. Uh, but the, the real estate uh, agents these days, their living rooms, their coffee coffee bars. I, I, I remember going past one um, just down the road here and I thought, is that a coffee shop? We should go there for a cup of coffee. So we wandered in um, expecting a cup of coffee and, uh, and turned out it was a real estate agent. Um, another one, it was they've got the real estate agent and then they've also got the interior design company. So you, you walk into what looks like a living room and, and what is your brand new living room? And it's, it's a completely different experience um, around that real estate. And, and I think that's something that we've got to think about for accounting firms is what, what message and, and what are we trying to convey um, with, with those interactions? And our, our office is one of those interactions that we've got to be thinking about. And it's something that you and your employees sit in all day. And you ask your clients to come to and hand over the, the, the sort of some of their most intimate pieces of information. So this drab cubicle style, um, shag carpet type office with, with, with sad looking people in them. Doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. I I loved your whole idea of Groundhog Day. That one just, I wanted to like go. Yeah, that's the new title of the book. Don't let it be Groundhog Day. <laughs> Beyond Groundhog Day, another six another six weeks of misery. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking of the movie Groundhog Day. 
Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also, I, and then I think, so as we're sort of thinking about this in your surgical um, analogy, uh, firms do have to, and, and actually with technology and, and the way that technology has compartmentalized certain steps of the process and apps and uh, are very responsible for a particular domain, it's quite easy to, I'm not sure if it, segment the work, triage the work, break it down into its chunks so that you can identify who is responsible for, for what, who's responsible for review, who's responsible for prep, who's responsible for collation, collection, organization. Um, you know, you know I, th- I think for the first time, it's easier than ever. XCM software, they, I got to tell you, they, they have it broken down and built into their app. Now, I'm not saying that software is for everybody, but if you go into workflow applications like XCM or Carbon, they have a lot of that uh, segmented for you. Some of the others, you have to build it yourself. And once you build it, it's there. You build it once and it's a template and you just reoccur it. But basically at XCM, it was like, who's the managing partner in charge of the client? Their name is on the list. Who is the, um, you know, the person who's going to do the work, maybe the bookkeeper or the next level down? Who does review and who does assembly and gathering of documents? I mean, that was included on every customer's record. And it, they all mm-hmm. had somebody in the firm assigned to them. And it moved through workflow based on what was being done and it moved to the correct person in who was assigned to do that type of work. So, I mean, the overall arching accountant, the account owner, person who owned the account, could literally log on and see, oh, this is where all my clients are. And these are the ones I'm ready. It's like a, the OR, the surgeon walking into the OR room, looking at the screen going, oh, okay, room A, operating room A is ready to go. I'm going to go in there. Oh, look at this. They'll have B ready by the time I'm done. This is a one-hour surgery. By the time I'm done, the next surgery room will be ready. I mean, it, it's, it's if, in, in this day and age of, of obviously every conversation you and I have had, with everybody is they're all overwhelmed, they're all overworked. There is there's so much work to do and not enough people to do it. And we got all this technology, but we're supposed to make it easier. But there's still a lot of work to do because now we're adding client advisory services because now the clients are asking us for this because now the clients are asking for that because now the clients are actually paying attention that it's worthwhile to get their information in. We're doing, we're doing tax credits now because of this and that. It's just there's so much to do. If you don't have... And I'm still running into accounts who have like an Excel spreadsheet to track it all. Yeah, and 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 also your clients are demanding more of you, but also your team's demanding more of you. Yes. Uh, they want to work virtually. They want a, a flexible work environment. They want to they want to be in control of of what they're doing. And 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 actually, a lot of people resisted this idea of going virtual because they felt like it was a sense of lost control. Because I can't see people sitting sitting in seats bashing keys. Um, and so I, I can measure productivity by the, the clickety-click of, of the keys in the office. Whereas actually, with with a good workflow system, it, it is the ultimate control tool. So for those control freaks, a good workflow system is actually the, the most powerful piece of technology in your firm because everything is at your fingertips and a full audit trail. If something's been sitting on Damien's desk for three days, 
flag, ping, alert. I, I can I can see in an instant what's going on. Well, not only that, one of the things I find that people don't do is that they don't they don't want to get involved in the workflow. So you'll see like um, you'll see only half the staff using the workflow. Oh, you know, mm. I just around to it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they know because they, they know that that workflow holds them accountable. They yeah. know that. They know that they, if you just start depending on that workflow to see where everybody is in the queue, then, and you don't come by their desk to talk to them, then you can hold their feet to the fire. But when you have to get up from your desk and you talk to them, you're going to get stopped on the way. The conversation's going to get pulled off of work. You're going to chit chat about the kids, this, that, school, whatever. And then you're going to be, oh, did you get that for me? Now you just had a nice, comfortable conversation. They're going to, oh, no, I didn't get to. Well, would you please hurry up? Whereas if you or can, I'm still I'm still waiting on the client. I'm still oh, I haven't heard from the client. Still waiting on the client. client always <laughs> blaming on the client. The client gets blamed for everything. Why won't Why isn't this done? Well, the client hasn't done it yet. Well, the client doesn't want to do online banking. Oh, the client doesn't want to use the app. Oh, the client doesn't want to do this. It's like the client gets blamed for everything. The poor clients out there. They must feel the weight of this so much. But think about so again that that customer that service and and yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I think the listeners uh, would have picked up on that one, Penny. <laughs> well, no, there's some Sheldons out there. I don't know. <laughs> but but I think yeah, it, it's I I don't think we we sort of intended this episode moving towards workflow, but actually. If you don't have a good workflow tool, you can't triage the work. You can't move it to the appropriate person. You can't deliver a good experience to your clients and you can't deliver a good experience to your team. So yeah, workflow is, is where it's at. And, and and actually we have seen an explosion of workflow tools, I will admit. there's there, XEM seems to be the big, um, probably the one of the, the, the more prominent players and probably one of the more robust accounting first to market type tools but as you said carbon you've got jetpack workflow you've got aero workflow you've got pixie is another one that i've heard of so there's a whole bunch out there we've got right now in my office we're using xem jetpack asana uh carbon um click up um air table (laughs) i mean reich we're, I mean, we're in so many different workflows and, and sometimes accountants just come to us and say, we just bought it. You just get it set up the way you think it's going to work and then we'll come in and refine it. But it, it's, it's like, if you can't do this, if you can't take the time to do this, then you're running your accounting firm based on what you think is happening. And how do you think, what do you think of clients who run their businesses based on checking their bank balances every day? Just think about that. Just really think about you have had clients who have been scared shitless that they are going to go under and they check their bank balances every day as if that's an indication that they have money in the bank, that they have profit. Just because you have work happening doesn't necessarily mean the work that needs to happen is going on. 
do you, are you, are you going to run your company the way some of your business owners do it? Because your, your weak spot isn't the bank balance. Your weak spot is you don't know where the work is. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you implement a workflow, you implement it across the board. And I mean, across the board, everybody gets all their tasks, gets tracked, everything, including the administration. The, the actual, the nice, I, I've spoken to firms that have gone through the process and, and spoken to the staff uh, and, and what it's actually explained to them, they've been, ex- I'm not sure if excited is the right word, but relieved because they work, they they used to walk into the office, fire up the laptop, fire up the computer, and then they could see the tasks that had been assigned to them each and every day. And so they had a sense of accomplishment because they started at the top and, and work their way through these tasks that had been assigned, that the work was there for them. All of the documents associated with that task were attached to the task. And people left the, the end of the day with a sense of accomplishment as they ticked off tasks because they then moved them to the next step of the process. So I, I was I was quite surprised by the team's response because again we feel as though well this is big brother this is a they don't trust us they're micromanaging us but actually the feedback was i i know what's expected of me now and and um if if i actually have to come in late or i can't come in today because i'm at home with one of the kids um i can log in and i can do my work because i know everything uh, what's been assigned everything's attached to it there was a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day. I got some shit done. Oh, the swear jars um, uh, doing okay. it, but, but you got it done. Yeah, but, but, he, but here's the thing is Gen Zs, these young kids, that's the way they roll. They like that. They are very goal-orientated. They're very, give me what I need to get done so I can go do what I really want to do, which is go play. But that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it because they're being very smart and they're getting their work done. And the other thing too, this is one of the other things, conversations I I had with, with somebody, they said, well, you know, she answers the phone. And she has to answer the phone every time and a client calls with stuff and the clients text us with information and then she has to do a work and she doesn't have time to review. And I said, why do you have your top accountant who is doing all the high level review? Why do you have her answering the phone and answering text messages for clients? Well, because nobody else is competent enough to do it. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> but also, could you imagine being that? Dumb, you know what's around. <laughs> could you imagine the um at the? Could you imagine at the end of the day that person? At the end of the day, how you would feel? Because if I'm highly trained, probably one of the, one of the more senior members of the team, a lot of responsibility. At the end of the day, I feel like shit because I haven't got my work done because I've been doing, I've been chasing my tail, chasing clients, doing all of this other stuff. So my actual sense of accomplishment and, and uh, yeah, sense of accomplishment at the end of each day is pretty low because I haven't been able to tick off those, those important tasks that, that, that I was built for, so to speak. Yeah, um, I went to so school. no wonder I leave. Yeah. That I got, that I study for. Yeah. How much time do we have left? I, I think a couple of minutes. Okay. I'm not going to go into the story about what happened one time with me. 
long time ago. So. Okay. Right. <laughs> Save that for next time. But uh, so I, I think, well, why don't we forget about it. Why don't, why don't we leave, why don't we um, put a pin in in today's episode there with the key takeaway being your workflow tools um, and, and, and the, what you've got to do is you've got to embed that across all of your clients and across your team, whether you are a sole practitioner, a true sole practitioner or, or a 30, 40, 50 person firm, workflow is going to help you sleep soundly at night. Um, and regardless of size, there is a product out there, and we, we rattled off a few, XEM, Carbon, Jetpack, Aero, Pixie, any, uh, Asana. Up, Asana. Click up, right. um, Monday, 17 hats. 17 uh, so there's a whole host out there So for, for your price point. Yeah, so there, there's there's really good ones for the startup guys for the for the sole practitioners and there's really good ones for the the all the tax audit um, bigger firms as well. So get out there and find that workflow and if that's the one thing you implement between now and when when tax season gets going again, um, then then that will make your life infinitely easier. But that's my takeaway from today's episode. Person who never learns oh. how to do bookkeeping. And that, yeah, and actually, and hire someone to 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 oversee the the workflow tool, and that might be that client services person. So, yeah, two takeaways: workflow tool and client service. Um, and 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 don't have your your best paid, highest paid um, uh, folks working on those tasks that don't bring the most value to your firm, to your business. Go out and get make George Clooney some money and buy a little Nespresso machine and get a nice table and put it in the room. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, cut, yeah, and 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 look at that. Look at that front office and what that's like, and Did what that experience is like for your customers. About a year ago, I don't know if, if they do them in in Australia. Capital One has these commercials where they've got people hanging out like it looks like Starbucks. Yeah, and it's Capital One who wants to open their own GL, who wants to take away the small business from you. Is yeah. And actually, if you're looking for a bit of inspiration, get out and, and have a look at a couple of the real estate agents and, and how they've changed um, to be much more welcoming, much more engaging, and, and where people want to, to to spend time to talk about investments and, and whatnot. So uh, there's a lot of inspiration out there. And, and same as last year, put put, put that away um, and, and leave it in last year is what I'd say. So Penny, let's put a pin there. Um, SATVC.co. That's where you can um, catch up with the latest episodes, download any articles that we've responded to. Um, you can also find uh, Penny's book there as well. Um, but why don't we leave it there and we'll see you next time, Penny. All right. See you, Damien. Bye-bye.